I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, I'm Todd. I'm the lead pastor. Really excited that you're here on this first Sunday of the year. Uh, how many of you joined on online uh, for church at home over the holidays? I'd love to just see your hands if you did. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. If you didn't, you can go back and listen to it anytime you want. It's out there. So I'd uh, love for you to do that. Uh, today, we come to the Lord's table as we do every uh, Sunday, the first Sunday of the year. We come together and we celebrate the Lord's Supper. And I got thinking about that, that phrase over the holidays. Uh, I don't know about you. I, I grew up in the South, and in the South, we don't call it supper. What do we call it? Call it dinner, right? How many of you grew up calling it dinner? Raise your hand this morning. All right, very good. And uh, how many of you grew up calling it supper? We'll give you a fair shake at that. All right, it's about half and half. I'm impressed. Some of you raise your hand on both. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, <laughs> we uh, come together uh, today uh, for the Lord's Supper, and it's often called communion. Sometimes it's called the Holy Eucharist, but this is a very important uh, uh, element of our faith that Jesus left us with when he died on the cross. And it's a memory and a remembrance of God's deliverance, uh, not only in Jesus' sacrificial death and resurrection, but God's deliverance for the Israelites from the hand of the Egyptians and from slavery in Egypt. And God did amazing things, and, and I love the idea of coming uh, together around food because let's face it, we're really good at that, aren't we? Like that's, a lot of you have been doing that. A lot of you have, uh, you know, over these past few months, you get together and you feast and you, you eat and you cook and, or someone else cooks. And so you get together and you have great meals. You come together with family and friends and you commune together. And the purpose of communion, the purpose of the Holy Eucharist, or the purpose of the Lord's Supper is to be able to come together and to be able to commune with God. And because we can be able, because we can commune with God, because we have community with Him, we also have community with each other. And there are several different passages of Scripture that talk about this feast that Jesus actually was celebrating on the night that he was betrayed with his disciples. But um, the one that really kind of, I think, brings it together kind of most clearly for us in this you know, New Testament covenant age is, is uh, the, the instructions that Paul gave to the church at Corinth. And I'm going to explain in a minute why he gave these instructions, why inspired by God's Holy Spirit, he was given these instructions to give to the church in Corinth. And I think it really does apply to us today. I want you to check this out from 1 Corinthians 11, and we'll be reading from uh, verses 23 all the way down to 34. Paul writes this, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore, he says, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, I want to come back to that in a moment, will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. 
And then verse 28 is really where I want to kind of land this morning. He says, let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have even died. But if we judged ourselves truly, he says, if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, he says, wait for one another. Does this sound like your Christmas dinner or maybe Thanksgiving dinner or maybe every night dinner? Wait for each other. He says, if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About the other things, I'll give you direction when I come. Now, just to, just to remind some of you or maybe to give some of you a little bit of a background on why we even celebrate this ordinance that Jesus left with us. He, he left us with instructions as a, as a church to, uh, to, to walk through two different ordinances. One of them is baptism. Uh, we, we have that usually at least once in the summer, sometimes multiple times, and I think we had about 20, 25 people baptized this past year, this past summer. Um, and, and then he leaves us with this institution or this ordinance of this time of communing around the Lord's table in remembrance of God's deliverance. But this actually echoes back to the Israelites when, when they were chased out of, of Egypt, they were chased out of bondage, they left quickly and as they left, they grabbed the bread and the leaven was not put in the bread and so they had to have this unleavened bread. And so as time went on, tradition, God-ordained tradition was established that once a year they would come together for this feast and they would celebrate by eating unleavened bread. And as time went on, we see that the leaven that's contained in the bread is a symbolic element for sin. Because what the Israelites may not have realized at the time when they approached the Red Sea and God parted the Red Sea and they walked into their deliverance, they walked into their freedom, is that God was physically delivering them from the damage of the evil Egyptians and from the bondage of slavery. But God was also communicating to them that he was their spiritual deliverer as well. And he often challenged them, in fact, he all the time challenged them to look within, to take time to get introspective and check themselves in terms of leaven in their lives, sin in their lives. And part of our process today in this new post, you know, Jesus dying on the cross and rising again from the dead ages is that we are to come around this table and to make it a time where we pause and as verse 28 says, we examine ourselves. We give examination to our lives. Now, I, 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 you know, this Thanksgiving, uh, we were in Atlanta, and we were with um, Cynthia's family, and we, we had a bunch of people in her sister's house. 
And uh, you guys know, some of you have been uh, journeying with us for a while. You know, one of the things I love to do is I love to cook, man. I love to cook. And so my sister-in-law, Chrissy, and Cynthia's uh, next youngest sister, uh, we kind of did the bulk of the cooking. Everybody helped in, uh, you know, pitched in. But, but we, were, we were kind of like, you know, I was like her second in command. Like she was the head chef. I was the sous chef, right, because I'm in her house. When she comes to my house, it's the other way around. But we cooked a, a pretty good dinner for everybody, and it took hours to cook. But do you know how long it took for those people to eat that food? It was gone in a heartbeat, right? Now, we tried to, you know, make it last a little bit longer, and we told stories, and we talked about how we're thankful, and, you know, pretty much everybody was done with dinner by then, but that's okay. So, you know, it was just gone in a second, and the picture that I have of the church in Corinth is a little bit like that dinner. Like, they were coming together, and they were gathering together to celebrate this great time of holy remembrance, a time that really God is calling them to, to the, the new church and the Israelites before them on Passover, calling them to, to a, a sense of reverence about their lives and realizing that they're righteous in Christ. And so that our job and their job is to, to now walk in, in righteousness and to ask God to expose the leaven in their lives, and all they could do, because they came hungry for physical food, all they could do was think about themselves at the communion table, and it was chaos. Does that sound familiar to some of you? It was chaos. And Paul, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, essentially says to the church at Corinth, this is not the intent the intent of communion is not to fill your bellies, but the intent of communion is to fill your spirit and for ask, asking God to inspect your heart. And so he instructs the church in this age because 1 Corinthians 11 is just as applicable to us in 2019. Yes, I got it right as it was back then in the first century. Church, when we gather at the communion table and when we put that bread in our hands and we hold that cup, that bread representing Jesus' body and the cup and the juice that's contained therein representing his shed blood, it's time for us to pause and to inspect our lives. Years ago, I was given a, a book called Christ in the Passover. And in this book, it explains some of the tradition that went on in a Jewish home. And I just want to read one excerpt. This is great. On the night before Passover Eve, a search was made for any leaven that might have been overlooked. At that time, the head of the household went through the house inspecting it with a lighted candle. He would walk through the house and he would inspect the house for a lighted candle or lantern in complete silence. If he found any leaven, and what does leaven represent? Sin. If he found any leaven, he disposed of it or locked it away where it would not be touched until after the Passover and the eight days of the unleavened bread which followed 
Then the head of the household repeated an ancient prayer which Orthodox Jews still use today, all leaven that is in my possession, that which I have seen and that which I have not seen, be it null, be it accounted as dust on the earth. And you know what? For those of you who are here today and you're Christ followers, that's what Jesus has done to your leaven. He's made it like dust on the earth. He's taken that sin to the cross with him so that it is no more. The Bible says that he separates us from our sins as far as the east is from the west. And that's the beauty of Passover. But Paul gives us this instruction in verse 28. And he says that we need to examine ourselves. And that word literally means just like in the Jewish home, they would walk around and try to find leaven in the home with a candle or a lantern. It literally means to shed light upon. And today as we come to this table, uh, as we take communion, we're going to be doing it individually, not as a church, specifically on purpose, because I want to give you the opportunity to ask God to shed light in your life today. I I'm going to admit that um, these first few days of 2019 have been incredibly difficult. In fact, on the day three, you know what I said? I said, I want a refund on 2019. I'd like 2018 back. And I don't know about you, but man... There have been some tough stuff. Perhaps for some of you, it's been a great five days. It's been an amazing five days. Christmas was incredible. It was great. Um, but, but I got to tell you, for me, it's been difficult. And, and I, I went to sleep last night ill, a little ticked, a little angry, a little irritated with God because of the way that these first few days of 2019 has gone. And you know what I realized this morning when I was here in my office just really praying through some things that I was irritated with God with is that I was not allowing his light to shine on the sin in my life. And I had to get down on my knees literally and confess and allow God to inspect my heart so that I could come to the table with clean hands. He doesn't expect perfection. He never does. That's what he did on the cross for us. But just like my mom used to say before dinner, he says, wash up, clean up, allow his light to inspect your life today. And use this time, this season, this first Sunday of the year as a time confess to him and allow his Holy Spirit to shed light in the deepest, darkest parts of your life. You know, repentance always follows examination. Repentance always follows examination. You know what follows repentance? Life change. And the beginning of a new year is the natural time that we desire life change more than any other time of the year, right? The gyms will be full tomorrow morning. 
the grocery stores will be out of all the good stuff tomorrow morning. You walk around the edges of the grocery store, they're going to be empty shelves tomorrow morning. The gyms are going to be full because this is the time of year that we want change, that we desire change, that we, that we crave something new. And I got to tell you, all of those changes that we conjure up in our minds that have to do with the beginning of the new year, resolutions, a change in our behavior, a change in our lifestyle, none of that will be accomplished. And I'm speaking to myself here more, I hope maybe more than anyone. None of that will be accomplished without God's inspection in the darkest place of our lives. And so today, church, as we come to this table, would we do what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 28? Would you and I allow God's Holy Spirit to examine every part of our lives? Let a person examine himself and then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. I'm going to ask our worship team, Gino and Andrea and, and the team, to come on up here. and I'm going to ask our communion ushers to come on up to the tables this morning. And as we begin to partake this morning, we're going to do it in two stages. We're going to partake of the bread, and we're going to do it individually, and then we're going to, um, we'll, we'll be singing a song, and I want to encourage you to come to the table. You can come to this one here or this one here as they begin to sing and, and receive this bread. And as you go back to your seat and go ahead and partake, or maybe you want to kind of gather with your family against the wall or in a corner here of our room, feel the freedom to do that. I want you, as you hold this bread, to think about the body of the one who died so that you could be made righteous. All he's asking you to do is to go wash up before dinner and to allow the light of God's Holy Spirit to inspect you. Jesus, when he was with the disciples in that upper room at night before, when he was betrayed and was sentenced, sent to his death, in Matthew 26, he says this, Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body. Today, here in a moment, after I pray and as they sing, I'm going to invite you to come up and receive the bread. Take it on your own this morning as they sing. Let's pray and thank God for the body that was broken for us. Father, I thank you so much for this physical representation, this symbol of your body. It was beaten the skin that was pierced for us. God, I thank you that you desire for us to come together and to remember what you did on the cross. And God, as we hold the bread in our hands this morning, as we take it individually this morning, God, before we do, we ask for your Holy Spirit to examine our hearts, to search us from within. God, may you point out areas of our life 
that need to be washed up before dinner. God, if we have unforgiveness in our hearts, if we have anger in our lives, God, if we have worry at the tips of our tongue, God, if we have lashed out, if we have lost faith, if we've lost our first love, Father God, I pray that you would reveal that to us right now as we hold this bread in our hands and as we partake individually. God, I pray that you would examine our lives. We thank you for the body that was broken for us. In Jesus' name, I pray.